Genevieve, Book 3 in the Women of Worcester series by Julie Mayturn. Prologue. Twelve-year-old Genevieve Deverell was in a tight spot, literally. She had stayed out far longer than she should, and her sisters had already gone home. Now she was stuck fast, alone, her foot wedged in a hole as the sun was dipping below the horizon. She had found a bird's nest in a low tree on the Worcester Park estate and spent hours watching the mother bird fly back and forth with food for her babies. Her sisters had been impressed at first, but soon lost interest. Genevieve would have been able to get back to the house in plenty of time for supper, except that she had decided it would be a good idea to follow the bird to satisfy her curiosity. Where was she getting all those worms? With little regard for where she was going, Genevieve had followed the skylark, who hopped a little and flew a little, making her easy to trail. She had watched as the bird dug her sharp beak into soft soil and withdrew a wiggling worm, much like a magician pulls flowers from a hat. Eyes wide with wonder, Genevieve completely lost track of time until the sun's descent and the ensuing lack of light finally penetrated her senses. Looking around, she realised she was in an unfamiliar area of the woods. She must have ventured outside the confines of her family's estate. Spinning in a circle, her heart beating anxiously in her chest, she did not see any familiar landmarks. Which way was home? Not one to dally over decisions, she plumped for a direction and followed it. However, the more she walked, the less she recognised, and true fear began to growl at her. Should she try a different direction? Just as she had resolved to maintain her original course, her foot dropped suddenly, wedging into a narrow hole. She cried out in pain as she fell on her face into the dirt. Pushing her chest up with her arms, she felt damp soak through her coat. Turning to her foot, she yanked with desperation. Nothing. As much as she pulled and twisted, her shoe was stuck and the fear that had nipped at her heels earlier now grabbed her by the throat. The thought of spending the night alone in the dark forest with ghosts and demons was more than she could endure. She began to cry out for help until her throat, throat was dry and hoarse. All was lost. Laying on the wet ground, she rested her head on her arms and wept until something touched her shoulder. Springing up, gasping in terror, she came face to face with two dirty little urchin boys, their eyes wide with shock. Whoosh wrong, said the smaller of the two. Can, can you help me, please? She croaked with her used-up voice. My foot is trapped in this hole. The taller boy reached down with pale, grimy hands and fiddled until her, she felt the lace on her shoe loosen. Then he gently pulled her aching foot free. It was sore and stiff, but she decided not to complain in the face of her little saviour. His miniature companion reached down and tugged and wiggled her empty boot until he fell back on his rear, the boot clasped in his tiny hands. In spite of her discomfort, she bit back a smile. The little boy came forward, offering her the shoe like a diamond tiara on a purple, purple velvet cushion. 
and she noticed for the first time that his own feet were bare. Glancing at his brother, she was scandalised to see that he too wore no shoes, nor scarf, hat or coat. A new emotion unfurled inside her. The temperature had dropped significantly since the setting of the sun, and she wondered that the pair of ragamuffins weren't shivering. She offered her battered boot to the older boy. Neither had spoken a word since the first inquiry. He shook his head. She pushed it toward him. Try it on. Reluctantly, he took the boot and sat on the earthy ground, slipping his foot into the much too large footwear. Genevieve pulled off the other boot and thrust it at him. He inserted his other foot, but when he stood, it was easy to see that the boots did not fit. Take them, she begged. The boy's eyes grew impossibly wide, and he shook his scraggy, thatched head. Please, she implored, you have saved me, and this is your reward. She pulled off her scarf and offered it to the younger boy, who stepped back as if she had presented him with a live snake. She stepped forward and wrapped it around his neck. There, now you won't be so cold, she said. Neither boy smiled. The sun was just a whisper of orange fumes in the darkening sky. I need to ask one more favour, she said. I am lost. Where is the great house Worcester Park? Still mute, the older boy pointed with a grubby finger in the opposite direction. Thank you. She nodded to each boy before plunging in her stockinged feet back through the trees. Stones and twigs bit into her flesh, but she did not care. The warmth of her heart was more than enough compensation. Chapter One, Seven Years Later As Genevieve happily bounced Olivia's baby Jasper on her knee in the snug drawing room of Worcester Park, she listened to tales of Julia's honeymoon. A spasm of loneliness squeezed in her chest at the brilliance in Julia's newlywed expression and the adoration evident in her husband's face. Though in the past Genevieve had loudly declared that love, marriage and family were not as important to her as charitable work, it was a lie. At least, it had recently become so. Julia's joy filled every corner of the room. Everywhere we went, we found a piano to play. I dare say it is not becoming of a married woman to play in public, but do it I did, she declared, gazing into her husband's eyes with such love that Genevieve had to look away. Instead, she kissed the curly blonde head of her nephew, breathing in the magical scent of his baby hair. He cooed with delight, and a fierce love for him glowed like hot embers. Hugging him close, she watched with reluctant envy as Jeremy held Olivia's hand, while they listened with rapt attention to Julia recount yet another amusing anecdote from their travels.